Hello and welcome to a special report from Catholic Family News. Uh, we have been over the past two years tracking the effects of Traditionis Custodes and Pope Francis and Cardinal Roche's attempt to stamp out the traditional Latin mass, particularly in diocesan communities. And we have been uh, particularly of late helped in this uh, attempt to report what's going on by Brian Marchand, who has, uh, you probably recognize his name, he has uh, written for our monthly newspaper, uh, several reports and articles on a variety of topics. He also helped us break the story about what was happening in North Carolina. So he's going to join us because he has found yet another instance of destruction uh, with a happy ending at the end, but an attempt to destroy a Latin mass community in Corpus Christi, Texas. And joining him will be Libby Ibanez, uh, who is a uh, 2020 convert to the Catholic faith, uh, who is a member of the Latin mass community in Corpus Christi uh, until its uh, recent demise. She is married, the mother of four children. So welcome both of you to Catholic Family News. Thank you, Brian. Hi. So, uh, Libby, why don't we start with just, just your story. As, I, as you've told me, and as I just mentioned, you converted uh, about three years ago. Uh, tell us about how you found the traditional Latin Mass. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, my family and I came into the church via the personal ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter. We are converts from Anglicanism. Um, we were living in Austin at the time, so the ordinariate was all the way in San Antonio and heard of the Latin Mass that was at the cathedral in Austin. So that's where we started attending. Um, and really it was because it looked a lot like the ordinary at mass. And so we started attending um, at the St. Mary's Cathedral and that's, we just, that was it for us. Um, we didn't look back. We were still kind of going to the ordinariate back and forth, um, but really it was the Latin mass that solidified, um, like kind of made our choice to become Catholics, like the, made it feel like the right choice. Uh, we never really attended the Novus Ordo. I think we went several times. It was a huge stumbling block for my family because it just looked a lot like what we were coming from already. And so, um, we started attending in Austin and then my husband got a job transfer to Corpus Christi and that's where uh, we found St. John's and it had a daily Latin mass, Latin mass every day at noon except Thursdays and it had the Sunday Latin mass at 10 a.m. And so when we came here, we weren't really expecting a big community um, because the cathedral in Austin had a, um, it had a community, but it, it was for people from all over, right, would come to mass and it was at 3.30 in the afternoon. And so it was a, a big struggle to keep everyone um, together in that community feel. But when we got to St. John's here in Corpus, it just was something else. I mean, it was a homeschooling community. Um, there was stuff for families. Like we were doing uh, adoration, uh, family holy hours. Uh, all the boys would serve. So Father Vasquez had all the boys uh, dress out. So it was like like 60, 50, 60 boys on any given Sunday serving mass. There was boys serving mass every day of the week. And then the homeschool community, because we um, we met on St. John's campus, they would go to mass. And so it was, um, St. John's was like kind of perfect. <laughs> it really was. 
So about what would you estimate or Sunday mass or the size of the community? And, and what was it like? Was I mean, you've mentioned homeschooling families, but was, was, was it a lot of young families? Was it older people? Just give us a rough characterization. Oh, man. So about 400 people on average on a Sunday. I mean, packed. People standing up against walls. Um, and it was a, a wonderful mix of we had young families and we had young adults and we had older people who grew up with the Latin mass and then were attending St. John's. And, and I don't talk about young families. I'm talking about like families with like seven kids, eight kids. I mean, babies are crying and like the moms and dads, they, we didn't have a cry room. And so the moms and dads like in the hallways, like holding babies. And oh man, it was, um, it was just a mix of people. <laughs> wow. So sounds like a thriving community. Brian, why don't you come in and tell us, so what did the diocese do? So there was this almost every day, oh, yeah. six days a week, Latin mass. Brian, what did you find? What did the diocese do recently to this community? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and Libby, Libby and then a couple others that I'd, um, you know, talked to were experts on what was going on on the ground. But my, my understanding, Libby can uh, um, add to it, was somewhere around or before um, um, uh Easter, it was actually probably, I think, around Palm Sunday. Let me, you can correct that, but Palm Sunday, 2023. Um, they basically got, the homeschool community got a message from their pastor saying that the bishop had decided to eliminate the Latin Mass. Um, he, he he had some, you know, not, not real specific about the reasons other than um, they weren't going to have anybody to say it anymore. And um, then he put something that was actually on their website. It was very difficult when I was trying to find stuff. It was very difficult to find. Um, but, you know, it, it was obviously a direct result of the Cardinal Roach rescript. And, you know, in my, based on my understanding and what I remember is this was, you know, he announced it. And within the next two weeks, it was basically gone. Right. And then and then, you know, the, the, the thing that I also found very interesting um, that Libby and others talked about was, um, just the number of people. I mean, I believe, and Libby, correct me, but um, it was uh, the largest mass for the parish, probably the largest, I think I'd even put in some numbers as far as the largest contributor to the parish, as far as um, dollar amounts for the parish. And uh, yes. and uh, it was just, it was just pulled the, without warning. And, uh, it. It's interesting how they do these things right around liturgical feasts, right? That's a kind of interesting. So right before Easter, in a situation we were involved in, in a state north of Texas, sometimes Texans call greater Texas, Oklahoma, same exact thing. It was right, it was Laetari Sunday when uh, 13 years ago they tried to get rid of the Latin mass there. Uh, it's kind of interesting how it's always right, right around that. Christmas, we get the, uh, you know, the blessing of, immoral blessings uh, coming out right before Christmas. Kind of interesting. But in any event, uh, you get this letter. Now, I'd like to, this this excuse, there's no priest to say the Mass. You mentioned a priest. What happened to him? Why was he no longer available to say Mass? He, um, he wasn't. Are you talking about Father Vasquez or the priest that we, that would sub for Father Vasquez? It, it, was, oh. it, was, it was Vasquez. It was Vasquez. Yeah, was, yeah so Father Vasquez, um, he resigned. So um, I'm not privy to all the inner workings of it. But once, so we moved to Corpus. A big reason why we decided on Corpus is because Bishop Mulvey had invoked the, was it Canon 87? We're basically yes. protecting the mass, right? Yes. Um, and so we're like, great, uh, this is perfect. We'll just move there and we'll have the Latin mass. It's protected with a supportive bishop. And then all of a sudden um, a letter comes out that 
making it seem like Father Vasquez wasn't going to say the Mass any longer. And that turned out to not be true. And then so we we thought, oh, well, it's just because we don't have a priest to say it, right? Father Vasquez resigned, so we don't have a priest. We had another priest in the diocese who would sub for Father Vasquez. And so he couldn't say the Mass for us. Um, he had asked we he had asked to be the pastor of St. John's after Father Vasquez left and was denied. And so it it really was clear that it was like no Latin mass in my diocese. Like that was the message. Sorry. So where is father Vasquez now? He's, He's just um, left. Yeah. So, okay. So he, um, as far as I know to this date, he, you know, he's not, he wasn't, um, laicized or, uh, no disciplines on him. Um, as far as I know, the correct term would be like a leave of absence. Uh, he is currently living in San Antonio doing secular work. Wow. Okay. So we mentioned sort of numbers, and that's kind of another interesting story, because these people who not only want to destroy the faith and destroy the liturgy also are not very smart financially. So what was the, the St. John's used to publish their bulletin online and list the collections? What were sort of the numbers of the weekly collections? That they still do. Taken in? Oh, I was under the impression they stopped as of June. Is that not? Oh, wow. Oh, well, so we'll get no, to that. So, they re so the last several bulletins, they no longer published. Okay. okay. So, um, yes, they would publish the collections. And we're talking, I mean, 10,000 was average. 10,000 a week was average for our parish to collect. Um, as far as I know, we were one of the top parishes, like bringing in money every Sunday financially. So it's clearly... I, Clearly money isn't an issue, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for some for a bishop to cancel a Latin mass that's thriving financially and stuff. I mean, they don't, they don't care about the money. That's, that's for sure. Because, um, we, so bringing I mean, it in, was, we had $14,000 Sundays, 10,000, I mean, on up. So let's say 10 to 14,000 a week. Then Brian, from your research, what happened to those collections after the Latin mass community was thrown mm -hmm. out? Yeah. And again, I'm going on memory, but I remember, I remember it being, you know, down to like the 7,000 range. And I think it was, you know, it was, it was a, it was a more than 25% drop. I, I might be being conservative on that, but it was more of a, you know, for the next several Sundays. And again, I only went up to when I wrote the story than what was published externally back then. But um, it was, it was a, it was a very significant drop in the, in the, in the overall collection for the parish. But then I was also under the impression from your reporting that they just stopped publishing online, at least the bulletin. Is that is that not correct? Uh, yeah, I think I think for a while the numbers weren't out there. Is what I is what I remember. But, uh, and again, you can't necessarily. It doesn't prove that they were so low, but it's kind of interesting that they're dropping and then you just stop reporting. Right. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, your community is basically just sold goodbye. We don't want you anymore. Uh, what did, what did people do? What did you do? What did your family do? Yeah. So our last uh, Latin mass was Easter Sunday. And uh, that whole week that, you know, Holy week was really kind of bittersweet because so many people came that week to support us. I know Palm Sunday, we had come from San Antonio and Austin and all over just to support um, our mass. And then Easter Sunday was just, I mean, there was standing room only. Then low Sunday comes, right? The Sunday after. And uh, 
SSPX at the time was only coming once a month. So that was their one Sunday. So we're like, oh, great. We have a, we have another mass, right? So about 200, about half of our community came to the SSPX. There's about 200 people that showed up that Sunday. Um, to my knowledge, Father Reed was expecting us. Uh, Father Reed is our SSPX priest. Um, Father Vasquez had talked to him and the, the coordinator, the SSPX coordinator that's here in town, just about like be prepared for an influx of people. And so there was 200 people. It was um, it was a lot. It was it was really nice to see familiar faces. Yeah, and Libby, I believe I believe I might have covered this, or or we'd talked before. Um, or it might have even been, I don't know if I had a talk with a priest or not, but they, but the, the society was talking about because of the small number of people that were attending like 30 or less um, once a month that the priest had maybe even indicated prior to his superior that they were maybe going to pull the mass because of how his travel distance and the number of people prior to that week. Is that correct? Yes, we were on the chopping. Well, the Corpus Christi mission was on the chopping block. And uh, 200 people show up low Sunday. And then um, July, I believe it was July that we, we got every Sunday except for Sunday masses. So it happened. We were expecting a year. We thought maybe a year would go by to show like, oh, look at the numbers we can bring. But oh, no, it was July and starting in July, um, every Sunday except for Sunday. And now we are Father Reed. Um, petitioned his bishop for every single Sunday plus uh, Holy Days of Obligation. Wow. So, and now they don't even have a church. When you, this first mass you went to was uh, in, a, in uh, a hotel or something. Is that right? Yeah. And not just a hotel, like a hotel probably 20 minutes on the outskirts of town um, in a kind of like a shady, a shady spot of Corpus off of Leopard Street. Um it, it was nice, you know, it was okay, it was big, but like, you know, um, it. a lot of people actually didn't come to the SSPX because of it was in that hotel. And so, um, and then we were coming to the end of the contract in January. And so we were kind of like, well, what do we do? So we were looking at, well, can we rent a space, you know? Um, and then the hotel started doing all this construction. And so you couldn't even really get to where you needed to go. And so, I don't know who thought of it or who asked the place where um, where we meet now, but we're actually in a funeral home chapel in Portland. Um, it's a beautiful chapel. It's got wooden pews. It has uh, a place for the altar, you know, steps. I mean, the whole, it's so nice. And, um, and I, it's less expensive than what we were paying at the hotel. Wow. So uh, you all show up low Sunday uh, yeah. Father Reed and I, I know Father Reed. I know him. I've known him since he was a seminarian. Actually, a wonderful, wonderful priest. Uh, he he responds by July. You're getting at least uh, most of the Sundays a month. Now they've moved it to a, a better location. Talking about building. Um, now mm -hmm. Father Reed is coming from the El Paso, or which which priory is he coming from? No, he's actually coming from Dickinson. Dickinson. So okay. he. So I think he's over three or four of mission chapels. Like he starts off near Tyler. And then when we're one, uh, we're the last mission of the day at three, uh, our mass is at four thirty on Sunday. 
Wow. Um, and, and again, it's funny, your, your story reminded me about being in the hotel of a, a story Bishop Fillet tells, uh, he used to tell back in 2013, when he was in the midst of various negotiations with Pope Benedict's Vatican, when they were offering some kind of potential, which they withdrew, a uh, regularization of the society. And he said, I realized they really didn't understand anything about us. When they came with a proposal that said, any location where you've been saying mass for the past year, we will declare to be a Catholic church. And he said, so the Ramada Inn in, on Highway so-and-so is going to become a Catholic church. And he said, that's when I realized they really don't understand at all what, you know, what we've been doing. Uh, but I, I just found that a funny story. Uh, but uh, now. Yeah, how and then the other thing, Brian, too, I mean, and again, you were there, you know, you heard that from him. Yes. But the, the other part behind that I would suspect is, Okay, don't don't expand. Don't have any more missions. Yes. We'll allow everything that you have right now, and now be under the obedience of where you can and can't go, right. rather than going and finding the one or in this case, four hundred lost sheep. Right? I mean, right. I mean, it's, it's exactly. I mean, the thing. I think one. I think one of the things the people who aren't are either antagonistic against the society or don't understand about it is the priests and the society. Just like in the spirit of Archbishop Lefebvre when he was in Africa are very missionary oriented and very right. Go and serve the needs yeah. of more than one lost sheep nowadays. Right. So yes, well, wherever they are. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, so in terms of that, what, how are things again, oftentimes a lot of people come to something for the first time. Um, but how has it been? Have, has your community uh, continued going there? What are what, how many people are generally going to mass uh, in your, your now funeral home? <laughs> so our um, our average Sunday, we're averaging about 120 consistently. So some people um, have, you know, uh, gone back to diocesan uh, church parishes. Uh, we know some families that travel to um, the the indult mass that's in Far Texas uh, under the Bishop of Brownsville, I believe. And then some people travel to FSSP, but we have 120 on average, and uh, we're getting new faces. Thank you. Uh, Pope Francis, for that um, we have. We have He's the best recruiter. He's the best. Boys. I was going to say Pope is. Francis is the best um, recruiter. You know, we have seven to ten altar boys. <laughs> well, and we have a high mass, so every Sunday is a high mass. So um, we have Scola and our boys, because most of them were serving at St. John's, know how to serve high mass, and so we have that every Sunday. Um, which Father Reed even said he never expected to say a high mass in Corpus Christi, Texas. <laughs> and um, we have oh, our community. So our community still meets every uh, first Saturday. So we still have supporters of our Latin mass community that don't necessarily attend the SSPX for whatever reason. Um, so we have Mikkelmas. We had a Mikkelmas party. We had uh, just had an epiphany party. And then uh, like my husband hosts a once a month men's night where they come over, smoke cigars, you know, chat. And uh, so we're still like a very cohesive group um, and uh, we're very positive. So it's been it's been nice. It's it hasn't it hasn't been awful. It's been rough, but not awful. It's been very edifying. Wow. Um, and how is your, uh, so I don't know, what are your children, what are the ages of your children? They're, they're younger or? Okay. I have a six-year-old daughter. I have a 10-year-old son, a 13-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old son. How have they reacted to this kind of upheaval, this change? Oh, What's man. been their reaction? So at first, um, 
you know, my, my kids went to daily mass every day. My boys served every day um, when the mass was taken away from us. I mean, my, my kids literally cried. Um, but then when the SSPX came and things just kind of at business as usual without daily mass. So both of my sons are serving. My 14 year old is a master of ceremonies um, and he's actually heading up the start of the Art Confraternity of St. Stephen uh, with our missionary chapel. My daughter, my 13-year-old daughter is in the Scola. Um, they love it. Uh, Father Reed has been nothing but helpful. I want people to know like the SSPX are so, the priests of the SSPX are very helpful. He answers questions and especially for the kids. So he's, uh, we have 12 confirmands right now. And he does a confirmation class after mass on Sundays. And he just like the way he talks to these kids. I mean, he, they're wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> and so the kids, um, I think the kids, all of the kids, not just my kids, um, have just really hit the ground running. All the boys are still serving. Um, the same kids that sang in the school at St. John's are singing in the school here. I mean, we really have carved out a little place for our community with the SSPX. It's interesting. I want to follow up on that a little bit because uh, we had an experience, I've talked to others this way, who were told, uh, oh, don't go to the SSPX. It's just mean and nasty. And you're going to get literally this, you're going to get this mean old priest who's just going to yell at you all the time and tell you you're going to hell and you're all sinful and, uh, you know, say everything you're doing that's wrong. And uh, I, 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 literally, that's what we were told. Uh, and again, knowing Father Reed, that's the opposite of describing. But what did you have any kind of experience like that? Some mis or maybe impressions of what you were going to find and then surprised by what you did find? No, actually, um, my, you know, my husband and I've always been SSPX friendly. Like I've never, I've actually never heard any of those things, anything <laughs> negative about the society priests. Um, Father Reed, when, when this whole thing first started, the first, I want to say three masses, the first three Sundays, he would stay after mass for well over an hour, just getting peppered by our community with questions, right? Like, how are you able to function? Why don't you submit to the bishop? And he, you know, and, and like, I want to say like, we were kind of, I don't want to say meaner, but like we were more strict and more <laughs> and more scary than I think any of the priests are. Um, but he was just so graceful with his answers and he was very pastoral. Um, you can tell they're very mission-minded. He had an answer and he gave us like books. He would hand out books like he gave us the Catechism of the Crisis in the Church. Um, he handed those out. And I mean, just he he stays, answers questions. Um, they're just he's great. And Father Purdy came one mass also. And I, I did expect Father Purdy just to be kind of more militant. But oh, man, he was so good. Like he. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know, every every SSPX priest that I've met so far, because Father Z from San Antonio has also come to us um, on, a, on a first Sunday. He was able to give us, I think one month we had a mass every single Sunday. And he was very kind. So, no, SSPX priests are very kind, very pastoral. Um, they, they go like the extra 10 miles. I mean, I, I don't know how they sleep. Amen. Yes. No, and it, it's a good point because we've noticed that over <laughs> over the years. Obviously, it's a group of several hundred people, they all have different personalities, right? Father Purdy, as you say, is a former military. Uh, I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley somewhere. <laughs> right? Definitely shakes your hand and uh, 
uh, it's a rough, it's a firm handshake. Uh, but again, different personalities, others more intellectual, more. But what I've always found is, despite those differences of personality, you find a real coherence in doctrine, in thinking, in in um, uh, approach to to the faith. That's uh, uniform among among the priests. Yeah, yeah, the formation is very consistent throughout that I've experienced. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. wow, absolutely. Yes. Well, wonderful. We're happy that your, uh, you know, people have found a home there. Uh, that's, you know, it's. We had a very similar experience in the the situation I referred to, um, where you know uh, it seemed against all odds. How could you fit another mission in? Like you're saying, the priests are already going to several, um, but. Uh, I used to tell you our story, I, the then district superior who was French, when I called him and said, well, it, it was supposed to get canceled after Easter. It just got canceled today. He said, tell everyone you will have a priest next Sunday if I have to fly him from France. Uh, and that's the kind of attitude it sounds like you you found there that uh, where there's a need, uh, wow. we will we will move heaven and earth literally to, to get there. Uh, but any anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> anything else you'd like to add about your story that um, that that you haven't shared yet? No, just um, we're thriving in Corpus Christi. We're growing. Uh, we see new faces just about every Sunday. Um, you know, we've got parish, or not parish, chapel devotions um, that have started. Like we have a Holy Face devotion that meets in two cities now in Portland and in Corpus. Um, we're just, we're an active community. Like the all the stuff that happened with the suppression of the diocesan Latin mass didn't, didn't suppress us. Wow. Wonderful. What great way to end that. That's great. Absolutely. And th- thank you, Brian, for your uh, hard work finding these stories and, and doing the legwork to investigate them, uh, because it's important that people know and they not lose hope. If something like this happens near them where God, uh, you know, allows evil to occur or something bad to occur, he brings good out of it and just have to have that faith that that's uh, for, for a reason. Um, for those of you who enjoyed watching this video, please help us by sharing, liking, subscribing. Remember our affiliate programs. First, we have uh, Angelico Press who are publishing uh, almost a new book every week. I see incredible uh, republishing of older books, translations, plus new new works. Uh, you can support Catholic Family News and a portion of all purchases supports our apostolate. There's the affiliate link and a QR code. Uh, and uh, in addition to them, we also have a program with Sophia Institute uh, Press. And with them, in addition to supporting Catholic Family News, they, uh, for the current time, are also offering a 15% discount to anyone who purchases through uh, our affiliate link. Again, there's the link. It'll be in the description and a QR code. So particularly for homeschooling parents like Miss, Mrs. Abanez, uh, they're a great source of different books. If you're looking for uh, research books or different books for uh, your children, particularly in high school, you'll find a lot of resources uh, in both of those sites. So uh, thank all of you and our prayers are with your community that uh, God continues to bless it. And thank you for sharing your story. Awesome. Thank y'all.